0: You're listening to an irreverent podcast.
1: For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm.
2: Hey, friends. Got it. Wow, sorry. Scott, you interrupted <laughs> me. I'm sorry, I was reading the screen. That's
0: okay. It happens all the time,
2: and I leave it in because it's and hilarious. I, and I fucked it up. Zoom needs
0: your consent. Uh, take two. Yeah, well, I was going to say, surprise everybody, Spencer's back, but you already heard her. So Spencer's here. She's been gone for... F- five seconds but it feels like too long welcome back uh, spencer
1: i don't know when this episode's gonna air, so i might not be back after this episode comes uh, through. so don't be a sure. yeah i made a special exception for our new friend so you'll understand why in a few minutes
0: <laughs> yes our new friend scott is the host of the new chapel probation podcast we're very jealous of the name <laughs> he uh is a former professor at azusa pacific university which we're gonna to get into everybody, let me tell you. <laughs> and he is an author. What is the name of your book, Scott?
2: Um, it's currently titled "The Wrong Christian," uh, and there's going to be a list of words that I was the wrong something. But mm. um, yeah, that's the working title. Uh, I'm a, I'm about to sign um a publishing deal, so i looking yes. forward. In exactly a year from now, hopefully there will be a book.
0: So, uh, keep you your heard eyes it here. Peeled, You heard it first here. Yes, Yay. well, Scott, um, you have told us that you listen to our podcast, and we're both excited, and I am embarrassed because I, <laughs> I,
2: my wife and I binged for like we had to on the whole drive back from San Francisco, so whatever, <laughs> six hours of.
1: Did you did you church. like start at the beginning or did you pick? No, we're just episodes. clicking around, you know, right, seeing cool.
2: people we recognize, and then we just ended up just doing the, the last most recent couple. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel I feel nervous. Um,
0: you I'm really fan, I'm
2: fanboying here.
0: You really shouldn't, because i oh like, <laughs>
1: no, we are the most, um, we're the most casual, unprofessional um, podcasters there are but yeah. we do a good job of making it seem like we aren't. yeah i so. know
2: yeah, i'm i'm learning from you so, so I, <laughs> always I, happy I, to help yeah i got three episodes <laughs> under my belt at this point so so you're a real podcaster oh,
1: yeah. honestly <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah you, have th- you have three uh, episodes out that's like that's like a
0: real deal right now <laughs> yeah exactly well scott um tell us about your life story your testimony about what we're talking about today tell us everything
2: Okay. Well, probably like a lot of guests, I'm an ex-evangelical. I grew up in the church, grew up in Pasadena, going to Lake Avenue Church. Um, and you can hear me talk at length about that on like the ex-evangelical podcast with Blake. I went into deep dive into, um, yeah, the, being in Sunday school. And, and then I did inter-varsity Christian fellowship in college. And I, I, was, I was all in. I was a leader. I was a worship leader. I, I want, let me, can I flex a little yeah. bit? Yeah. I, I was a worship leader.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all the girls are all up in your business.
2: It's, it's good to be the worship leader. Yeah. Except Except, you know. Fuck it i didn't i didn't take advantage of, at all of that uh i've i but too low self-esteem to to believe that it was cool uh, at the time
1: what? you didn't feed yeah. into the hype
2: no no i was just serving god you know i was just oh uh,
0: god bless you scott, all right, I scott. Will. Yeah. Um,
2: my wife makes fun of me for it too she's like man because she was not impressed she, I, met her, I met her in college
0: yes I love your wife so
2: much yeah she was like whatever
0: <laughs>
1: oh badass where did you go um, to college because i know you said you did university, oh, so yes. I so you didn't go to a christian school
2: no no i went to uh uc san diego to the big okay. nerdy school and um uh you know i i felt like going to christian college was like it was like um going the easy route you know i went i went into a, i is. wanted i wanted to go well not Well, not academically, but just spiritually. I wanted to go and meet You went on the mission field. Yeah, yeah, man. I Uh, I was gonna I was gonna take Jesus to (laughs) Well Academically it's also the easy route. Yeah, no, I learned (laughs) that because I taught at APU and it was like that's a very different experience than I had Uh, for an undergraduate uh time yeah
1: i listen josie and i paid our dues okay we went to public (laughs) school our whole lives so we got
2: to go to christian school (laughs) yeah no you earned it you earned it yeah (laughs) i studied
0: art art is great everywhere so (laughs)
2: yeah oh nice Um, i used to carpool with uh I just, can I say his name? I'm not saying anything bad. Uh, yeah. Dave uh, Carlson.
0: Oh my gosh, I love Dave.
2: Yeah, we're neighbors. And so uh, we carpooled the uh, last couple of years I, I was working there.
1: Listen, yeah. I feel like the art department is a pretty safe place to Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave gave me a job. So we like Dave.
2: <laughs> oh nice, yeah. Yeah, the, I... <laughs> the art majors and the English majors and sort of the drama, but mostly the art and English were kind of like when I was there, the badasses on campus, you know, they're the ones oh, who, who smoked weed and and, and partied and um mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes uh during class. <laughs>
0: <Hell>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Not in my class, but um,
1: I could see that because my um like, you know, taking like your gen ed like English and art classes, there all of the extra credit opportunities in my English classes were go to this art department event and like mm-hmm. tell me how like you know, wh- how does literature like impact this? And I'm like, this is some bullshit you made up just so you can hang out with your friends.
0: <laughs> hey, first of all, yes, I planned those events for them to hang out. Okay, it was <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs>
2: well, that's how you, yeah, that's how you get connections. And, and yeah, networking, it's so much yeah.
1: fun. I definitely went to one where I had to watch a film that a professor made and it was weird like the weirdest thing
0: I've ever Dickinson yeah I helped with that film yep uh-huh. Probably. <laughs> my English professor
1: was like my friend made this film um and it's on west campus if you go and sit through it actually I don't even think at that point it was for me it was for my best friend because I was like you should take this English class you'll enjoy it and then yeah that was like her extra credit and she was like you should come with me and I remember sitting there like what the hell my i, I know exactly
0: <laughs> which professor made you do that too wow i feel like i'm so clued in i yep. was so in the <laughs> in the skinny with all the professors wow but anyways scott continue
2: uh and uh where are we oh undergrad my wife and i moved well during undergrad we started deconstructing we're like we have all these friends who are not Christian, who are Muslim, who are Hindu, who are gay and mm-hmm. lesbian, and and trans wasn't really a thing yet. I mean, it existed, but it 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 wasn't on everyone's radar. But my wife and I we were such Christian nerds when we were dating. We we did a, like a Bible study to say what does the Bible really say about homosexuality, and we got we got concordances, we got we got mm-hmm. dictionaries, we got um. Other books, and came to the conclusion that it doesn't really say <laughs> much. Anything at all? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a couple of clobber verses that you can either contextualize very... or yeah. not. Um, but it's uh, like... it's there. You know, it, it's 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 there. You know, just like a lot of things, like like eating shrimp. Um, <laughs> it's there, but you know, can yeah. can you? And it says that, but does, do you follow it? And why or why not? You know, it's it's a whole thing. It's the mental gymnastics necessary mm. to to argue both sides is, is, is huge. Um, and I think that was like the thread that the big thread that we, you pull and it's everything else starts to unravel. Cause if you're going to contextualize that, well, what, where do you stop? Mm. But I, I held yeah. on to, so it, interestingly, if I could talk about my podcast, every yes. single person yes. I've interviewed eight people at this point, Seven of the eight have said, literally word for word, if because they went to AP, they deconstructed quickly because they were in a safe place to analyze the Bible, and um, and if they had gone to a secular school, it would have taken longer. And I found that to be true because I went to a secular school where there wasn't. A safe place to to question the Bible because we, we felt like you're fighting for your faith every day with these mm-hmm. secular, evil, liberal professors who hate Christians, yes. and, um, <laughs> and so you just dig in and you don't really you do apologetics, but it's it, you're defending the faith. You're not ever really taking the time to see what the Bible says or doesn't say, and and weigh that on its own merit. So, yeah, it took me most of my twenties to deconstruct. And We moved to San Francisco. We both went to grad school in San Francisco. And that was a revelation just to like be in the real world. Um, and living in San Francisco pre-internet was pretty awesome. It was it was still kind of this hippie town, this kind of odd place. Love that. Yeah. And I, I did my Master of Arts in Writing at University of San Francisco. And then we moved back down to LA, and I immediately went back to my old stupid church, Lake Avenue, <laughs> thinking that we could help, we could help these Christians, you know, open their minds or expand their worldview. And that was a dumb, dumb idea. It didn't end well.
1: And that's a big church. It, yeah,
2: it, it was getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, um, and so uh, we, we stopped by then i'm working at apu i'm teaching part-time and i have to sign this thing saying i'm active in my church (laughs) and we stopped going um so we went to all saints here in pasadena which is like a really nice liberal Mm -hmm. hillians church we call it the last stop of christian faith
1: yep
0: shout
2: out uh
1: a, Great past, a pastor I used to used to be one of my bosses when I worked in Omega Church. Yeah. Just became a pastor there, and um, it's one of those where I'm like, look at the glow up, like, yeah, from where we were to here, like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, there are. When I grew up here in Pasadena, we thought people who went to All Saints weren't actually Christian, because <laughs> what what's this Episcopalian liturgy, liturgy, liberal stuff? You know, mm-hmm. I, I heard gay people go there. That's you know that that's that's the devil that's the devil right there um so there I was um and then i realized that i don't know if i, I don't know if i believe in anything anymore and here I, i'm being promoted left to right at apu i got promoted to like a lecturer and then i was given a part time job and so right when i got a full time position at apu i had to admit i don't believe Anything (laughs) anymore, but I felt like really good about the job because I loved my students and my students we got along great and I created this space where students could ask the questions, um, and you know I would be there defending the the conservatives against any if there was a liberal kid in the class it was pretty rare but it happened, um, or helping them understand uh, race issues. Uh, in a more nuanced way or helping understand gender issues or, or human sexuality. Um, I loved being in there, and I felt like I was still fulfilling the mission of APU because I was helping them, um, be better Christians, mm-hmm. e- e- even though I didn't believe in it. Um, and were so, you yep.
1: teaching, um, yeah like English specific, like, uh, what do you call it? Major courses where you teach gene gen ed? Like what kind of students were you interacting with? The
2: yeah. Most? When you start off, they just, te- you teach freshman writing and maybe intro to lit. And so those mm-hmm. were my two. And then as I got further along, I, I, you know, I, I taught Shakespeare, I taught creative writing, I taught the upper division sort of, um, ret comp, rhetoric and composition classes for future teachers. Um, yeah, I taught. And I taught in the human development program for future teachers. So Mm -hmm. I had, I had the whole range of students, most Mm -hmm. probably like mostly freshmen and sophomore, but yeah, it was funny. You know, you guys were there. So freshmen and sophomore, freshmen and sophomores tend to be pretty on fire, conservative type. And then something happens between freshman and senior year. And so I would sometimes have students again, like a year or two later, and, and they'd be very different almost embarrassed at how they were um freshman year so it's 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 a fascinating view from from the teaching side to to watch the development of students at apu or in those kinds of schools
1: i think um for like just coming from like what exactly what you're talking about i don't think i was ever like i was never a conservative like the <laughs> church that i came from didn't let women preach and i was like you're wrong. And for, yeah. and they were basically like that, like where you were talking about like, once you deconstruct like queer issues, like you just keep going for them. It was like women. They're like, if you mm-hmm. think women can do anything, then like you're gone. And yeah. I was like, then I'm gone.
2: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. So I went to APU, not a lot of people liked it because they knew APU is egalitarian. They're like, women can do anything. And then what I found out later is there was another student before me at that time would have been like 10 to 15 years, like in the nineties, had a student from that youth group go to APU and he had worked through his homosexuality while being in the youth group, went to APU, found affirming theology and was like, I can be a gay Christian. And they didn't like that. So (laughs) again, another, another kid that a lot of my friends in high school, were queer the youth group knew that because they would come with me i was a closeted bisexual kid i'm sure the youth pastor must have knew something um so yeah when i went to apu they were like what the hell but um when you're talking about the like kind of more like conservative like very on fire what i could see even just from myself of i think it was second semester sophomore year i took um life and teachings of jesus with a mm-hmm. professor that um everybody in the ministry department was like you should take him because he like he basically teaches the class in a way where like you're not going to be happy about it but you kind of need that um yeah and i walked out of that class being like do i know anything about jesus no i don't and um i think that really kind of opened the floodgates so i think yeah like what you said a lot of those conversations happen in Bible classes, which is kind of ironic.
2: Yeah, yeah. The um, administration liked to tell me that I was a problem. Uh, you know, I was harming the culture. And my point was, you know, it, it's the Bible classes. <laughs> mm. um, well, and, and not that they're trying to the harm, but like they're really showing what the Bible says. I had a former student um, reach out to me a year, couple years after I left, and she was telling me she was an atheist now. And I, and I half jokingly said, Oh, I'm sorry if, if I, you know, did anything to hurt your faith. Cause that, that, that wasn't my intent. And she was like, Oh no, you had nothing to do. <laughs> She's like, you wish, um, it was the Bible <laughs> classes. Yeah. Said, if anything, I, my class made her dig in harder to, to be a better Christian, um, to, you know, to answer to my liberal, you know, filth that I was spewing out. Um, so yeah, she she's like, No, you you had very little to do. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, which makes sense, right, from an English perspective versus theology perspective. English kinda teaches you to appreciate the words on the page and the beauty and the nuance and the metaphors and all the blah 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 blah. Hopefully. Yeah, whereas theology is like, uh, fuck all that. Now learn the history and the context and the. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the English department had up their butts, but, <laughs> but that's kind of into it
1: too because like.
2: That's a personal question. <laughs> really yeah.
1: <laughs> one of the, one of the biggest things I remember from. Um, like very first Bible class. And again, because I didn't grow up Christian, I became a Christian as a teenager. I remember sitting in my Exodus and Deuteronomy class and they were just talking about these stories. Like they knew them back and forth. And I really literally like only knew the story of Moses in the sense of like, Oh yeah, Moses set the, you know, set the people free. They went to the promised land, but Moses never made it that kind of thing. And then find out like no there's so much more to the story and all of this stuff or even something as simple as like (laughs) the professor being like yeah like who's seen the movie prince of egypt i'd never seen that movie till i went to apu because i just didn't grow up in the christian culture and um you know that was the first time that they were like hey like when you're looking at like books in Genesis and a lot of the Hebrew text is poetry. Like, what does that mean in how we understand the Bible? Like that had never been told to me ever. The only thing that had been told was like, oh yeah, like the Psalms, like those are songs, but still somehow I was supposed to take that literally, which Mm. I thought was weird.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, like when I remember finding out that the Bible was just like ripped together and canonized by a bunch of, you know, white dudes doing something with their own agenda, and immediately mm-hmm. I was like, Nah, eh, fuck this, then I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it was an immediate yeah. downfall for me. I was like, Ah, okay. Uh, well, so
2: you didn't even need to read like Bart Ehrman books and. Um, <laughs> oh
0: no, I'm I have, my bullshit meter is pretty pretty solid. So as soon as I sniff it, I'm just like, I'm done. Bye. Okay, yeah. yeah. That oh, was that good. class
1: in that, uh, life and teachings of Jesus class. They, mm. we did a whole thing about like, what is the Canon? Why is it Canon? Mm-hmm. And then the professor pulled out, um, Apocrypha, you know, books from the Apocrypha. And he's like, let's read this story about Jesus as a 10 year old. And he killed his best friend. What, like, what does that mean? Like, why wasn't this put in the Bible? And we're like, yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, I, I can see know. why maybe that wasn't uh, Yeah,
1: well, in, in the story Basically, Jesus is upset Because this kid's mean, so he kills him And then resurrects him to teach him a lesson And they have to be like No, Jesus, you can't do that And they're like, why do you think this wasn't included in the Bible And you're like Hmm, I can see why they decided, let's just not put that one in. <laughs> they did leave
2: in some rather odd ones, though, like when Jesus go- finds a fig tree and he's hungry and it has no figs, so he kills it. Like, <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. He's like, F Jesus this tree. Jesus had a temper, man. Dead. like,
2: fuck this empty fig tree. <laughs> that's why I identify so much with Jesus. We both have temper. I know, it's relatable, right? <laughs>
1: angry. angry Jesus when is you want why I feel the most connected. To
0: angry Jesus. <laughs>
1: honestly yeah um so besides like interacting with students when you're interacting with you know professors you know your colleagues like what was that experience like when you're in this kind of deconstructed place almost like like were you kind of like international super spy like just kind of chilling (laughs) like how was it
2: yeah and that's basically what the book's gonna be about um yeah it's it's a weird thing um, so I grew up as a good kid, you know, I, I was a rule follower. I I parents loved me. <laughs> you know, I was polite, I had manners, I, I I did well in school and I played sports and I was in the marching band. You know, so I was I was always a good kid. And to suddenly be when you identify as a progressive Christian, like a liberation theologist or a post-colonialist mm-hmm. or something at AP mm-hmm. in a place like APU, mm-hmm. you're seen as kind of bad. And and dangerous. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of fun to suddenly be the the suspect, you know, the, the the dangerous one. And so it was it was easy enough to pretend to be the liberal Christian. And, you know, there's there's a nice group of progressive professors at APU and most of them are still there. A few of them are still there. I'm not going to name names because they're going to get in trouble (laughs) if (laughs) I say I was friends with them. (laughs) Um, But uh, everyone knows who they are, basically, if you're you're there long enough. Um, So I I got in with that crowd, and small as it is. And then every once in a while, my boss, who I was friends with, um, would say, let's go have lunch in the cafeteria. And I would always say, no, please don't make me. Because (laughs) he, he liked to sit. There was a table in the cafeteria of... It was a group of like biology and computer science and music, these these old guys who've been there since since like when Jesus was alive. And they they were these angry, bitter, woman hating, you know, old conservative guys that just sat there at lunch and and just bitched about the things that AP where they hated. You know, there was a there was a faculty moderator was a woman. One year and they just love to just talk shit about her and how terrible she was and how stupid she was. And it was just like, God damn, why are you bring me to this? And I know they would talk about race if I wasn't there. <laughs> yep. But uh I think that's why he brought me just to, like so they wouldn't t- at least talk about race that day. But
1: my um, biggest question is why. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess people could say the same for you. Like, why stay there if you didn't believe it? But I'm also like for a lot of the like conservatives at APU, like again, APU is not as conservative as a lot of other Christian schools. So like the women issue, there were so many people, especially men in my classes when I mean, there was women, too. And I was always shocked. But, you know, they'd be like. Mm Women can't preach, like the Bible says. And I'm like, why did you choose this school? When that's literally one of their like core things of like we believe women can do this. Like made no sense to me.
2: (laughs) The school believed it, but they the school did still allow for the sort of sexist misogynistic view oh, to, to be heard, you know, it was accepted as, as a, as an acceptable version of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of chapel nice...
1: speakers, they oh, God.
2: Yeah. Were, yeah, yeah.
1: were not holding that. belief. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the you know, I complain a lot about my experience as a Japanese American teaching at APU, but I always have to say women had it worse than i did um at least i had the man thing kind of as an asian american an emasculated asian american man but you know if i was complaining to some of my colleagues about my students and their response to like this controversial issue that i was bringing up a lot of times they would say well you're lucky you can even bring that up because i can't bring that up i get called a, a a feminazi or a um a lesbian or you know like these are literally things that students would say to the to the professors who were women um and i didn't have to put up with that um no one called me chink or jap or anything Mm -hmm. if i brought up race um and they of course never pushed back on anything gender related so um but back to your question. Yeah, it it was I stayed because I felt good about what I was doing. I helped. I started the Asian American uh, Student Club organization and I was there at the beginning of Haven. Um, I guess Haven, you you must have seen like sort of the, the fall of Haven during your time. Uh, so
1: like right after. So I went to um, a couple Haven meetings. It was, again, one of those of being like closeted because I was in the ministry department. It was very, that fine line of like how much, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, I was like an overly invested ally, like in the classroom, like with professors, like mm-hmm. having these conversations. And it was one of those of like, if you're not picking it, like if you're not picking it up, then that's your own thing. But would never really like, never that's like on you. Yeah. I'm yeah. like But would never publicly say anything. So I went to a few Haven meetings, had a lot of friends that were kind of like, um, on like the outskirts, because again, there was a lot of that fear of like because of what we were studying or being in the school of theology, like how yeah. much is too much. Um, but I think it was the year after Josie and I graduated. So we did like a victory lap an extra semester. Uh, and then yeah. that that year after us is that weird where they were like Haven's gonna be like a school sanctioned club, yeah, but we have to follow these rules. And they're like, yeah. that defeats the purpose of it, Haven. Like
2: exactly. <laughs> mm. I- i uh so yeah I was there at the beginning I helped they asked me to sort of be the secret faculty advisor and um what an honor it was an honor um i uh we we cried a lot and, yeah. and laughed a lot um i if a few generations later they started to say they wanted to come out to the school and be a real club and and I told them not to <laughs> mm-hmm. and they kind of booted me out um, they really wanted to. To be a real org, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on campus, they they just had they had, and I kept telling them that you're gonna lose everything you built if mm-hmm. if the school takes over. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna. It's not gonna be a safe place. It's gonna be a place to debate whether your existence is okay, whether it's okay to be gay. And um, so for a while, I was on the outs with Haven, um, and we eventually we reconciled. Um, my last few years there but yeah it's it's so tough it's such a it's hard to be it's hard to be a BIPOC person it's really hard to be uh gay or or trans at APU um because the school has no idea what to do mm. with that, mm-hmm. they only know how to condemn and and then to play it safe, they they they'll you know kick you out or, or get you in trouble because they have to answer to local pastors, they have to answer to to donors, mm-hmm. and uh, there's really nothing they can do. Um, some of the administration is really sympathetic to the issue and would love to be a, an affirming school, but. Mm-hmm they can't, It's yeah. the, the money stops if, if they do.
0: Yeah, it's interesting when you bring up being BIPOC at APU because it was definitely a huge struggle looking back. I mean, at the time I was like student leader, believe it or not, I was an alpha leader and oh, I yeah. I uh, was offered an RA position, but I instead chose to work at the Center for Student Action, which is, was Ooh. a liberal haven in yeah. and of itself. but. I'm glad I chose that over R A, but yeah. it was always an interesting balance of being looked at funny for speaking to my mom in Spanish on the phone, and people. I mean, we were there during the godforsaken 2016 election, mm-hmm. and people making all these comments about like, oh, well, whoever wins, like God is still on the throne, and boom, like all this stuff. And I was like, can I remember going to like an after the election meeting one night and i had no i have no idea why i fucking went to this thing where these students were mourning together i don't know why what condemned me to myself <laughs> to do that but i went and somebody said something along those lines and i was so upset and i told this little white kid i was like do not say that to people of color who are suffering right now do not come to me and say oh well it doesn't matter that trump is president because god is still on the throne.' Because I'm concerned about my family and my family's lives right yeah. now.
2: Yeah.
0: Not some heavenly eternal. I'm concerned about right now. Yeah. And it was always this weird dissonance of like, you could be a person of color if you were the nice kind. If you were yes. the, the one that behaved. If the you were respectable good.
2: and yes, you know, mm-hmm. polite.
0: Yes. Otherwise, you know, you can't, you can't be a person of color here.
2: Yeah. I was polite, and, res- and but not respectable. I was polite, but uh, <laughs> but my views and my sense of humor really put me on the outs with most of the faculty and administration. Um, so probably why I got along good with students because um, yeah. I was snarkier than they were.
0: Yeah. Luckily I was an art major, so I was very well taken care of. Those professors in the art department for the most mm-hmm. part yeah. are were on my side. <laughs> yeah. They were chilling.
2: Yeah, it's funny they brought up the election because everyone in my on my podcast are talking about 2008 when Obama was elected mm. and oh man, it was a shit show.
0: Really? Uh, the, the
2: campus went into mourning and and <laughs> it it was so bad. Uh, it was there were so racist. They they people were just throwing the n-word around. Um <sighs> And then in 2012, when he won re-election, I had a friend, uh, a a student who was in uh, campus safety who was black. And that morning after the 2012 election, he comes to my freshman writing class and he stands in the doorway. I'm like, hey, uh, what's what's, what's going on? He's like, everything okay? I'm like, yeah. Why? He's like, "Uh, I just came to make sure you're okay because students are pretty pissed about election and they and they know you're a liberal and so he's he went to two of my classes with me to to make sure i was okay it was, I, there's a picture on facebook i have of him <laughs> me and him standing in the doorway of my class and he's a big guy too so i was like yeah don't fuck with me today because i got my campus safety protector here <laughs> <laughs> but it actually, was yeah. it was real there were there were arguments people shouting there, there was people crying there, it was it was the end of the world when Obama mm. was was elected.
0: It's interesting because when Trump won, I feel like. I feel I like mean, the same thing happened. Yeah. Mm. But also, I mean, because at that point, I feel like APU might have been a little bit more 50 50 because, you know, the age of the internet really hunkered down. Yeah. But I had a lot of people. Wow, my dog just raced on in here. Hello. That's awesome.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not the moment, cheese bomb. But, anyways, I feel like. I had a lot of people the day after the election, one, come up and hug me because they knew that I'd probably be upset. Yeah. But also, and maybe this is just me and my personality, but a lot of the conservative people that I would argue with were very stoic around me. They did not, like, brag or anything. They were just, like, very, like, that election, huh, Josie? And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then they would Mm -hmm. just, like, walk away. Oh. Maybe that's, like... Character. That's I call that
2: progress for right, years Yeah, I wondered what it was like on campus.
0: I'm sure and other he, people got it bad, but nobody. I guess
2: nobody fucks yeah, with uh, me. Don't <laughs> fuck with Josie.
1: <laughs> Josie knows that me and my roommates
0: have a tough time. <gasps> Yeah. <gasps> Spencer almost gave me a conservative roommate and then I had to email okay, some and people and listen. I was like, I will oh. under no circumstance allow this woman to live in my fucking house. And <laughs> of course, know. housing was like, yes, Josie, whatever you say, Josie. <laughs>
1: listen, it's the ca- It's the classic case of um, people that don't know at APU to get housing, you draw numbers. Mm-hmm. And if your number is shitty, one of the smart things you should do is find somebody with a better number.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so- um, Me and it was going into my senior year, me and she was kind of like an acquaintance. We had talked a few times, um, but we'd kind of agreed like, you know, oh, like we should be roommates. Like it'd be, it'd be fine, whatever. And we had decent numbers, but not a good enough number to get like a one bedroom. So we were like, oh, we should do a two bedroom because then we could get like a good spot. So, you know, we went on the APU roommate board, found these two other girls that they were like, yeah, like um, one was going to be a senior, one was going to be a junior, Like, yeah, like, we're just looking for some roommates, whatever. I'm like, perfect. Like, you guys would room together. We'll room together. It'll be fine. Um, And so, you know, sign up with these girls. And it's the spring. So, you know, the election is happening. Like, you know, it's coming that that fall. But at that point, um, I don't think Trump had the nomination yet. Like, things hadn't gotten Uh, too wild, you know? It was still in that kind of like, oh, like, we don't know what's going to happen. So, it wasn't something, it wasn't like a topic. We weren't like... Who are you voting for to pick our roommates?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, me we, we sign up for with this these girls, and so it's me and my friend um, who's Hispanic, and then it's just another girl. Um, they wouldn't care, so it's my friend Jen, she's Mexican, this girl Abby, she's black, and then this other girl I won't say her name, but she's a white girl, and so we're like cool, like we'll have this good time fast forward. We're moving in. Um, Abby's like, Hey, I'm actually really a, a night owl. Other girl isn't. And Jen is a night owl. So Jen and Abby decided to share a room. So me and the other white girl, like, yeah, we're a room, whatever. We have similar schedules. Didn't think anything of it. Um, you know, start kind of decorating, putting things up. She starts making comments about, I have a blended family. My brothers are Hispanic starts making comments about that. I'm like, yeah. Okay. have some pictures of friends from high school. One of my best friends is black. He's openly gay. She's like, Oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, this is not going the way I thought it was gonna she go. She was clocking you. Yep. And then um, and then it came about two weeks into school, she pulls out her red hat. And uh, just walks to class with it, and I'm like, Mm-mm. "Yep, we uh, we got some red flags and a red hat." So uh, <laughs> things quickly escalated because again, my other two roommates, women of color, and I just had to ask. I just had to ask, you know, Abby, who had been like, "Yeah, we're gonna room together." I'm like, "I don't understand," and she's like, "I'm gonna be honest with you." we just went to parties together. I had no idea what her like (laughs) politics were. We just would go to parties and she was a cool girl. And I thought we could be roommates Mm -hmm. and I'm like, cool. So we're all in this show together. And um, yeah, I was very vocal, (laughs) would talk on the phone about, I don't want to go to that part of town because that's where all the insert expletives of different races and yeah, it was just not a good time you know, Trump wins the election, things got progressively worse. What would be petty roommate arguments turned into actual, like, um, you know, she was just racist and she was homophobic and me and the other girls weren't into it. So, um, we just like, when it started, we just pretended she wasn't there and she was mad at that. And she like, complained to the RA, like, they don't want to be my friend. And I'm like, I don't have to be your friend, like, yeah, like <laughs> share Andrea. a room that just, yeah, I'm like i we share a room, doesn't even have to be friends, and yeah, ultimately it escalated. Josie's room had a spot, they tried to move her there. I told Josie <laughs> and her roommates
0: like don't wait, let you her.
2: tried to push her on to. <laughs> No housing so, did because oh, I, yeah, I had
0: I had my own room.
2: Housing. I was like, "Were you mad at Josie?" No, no, no.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Basically, basically, it got bad enough that housing was like, "Well, we have to move. Like, we have to do something. We're yeah. not going to move three girls. We're going to move one yeah. girl." And so, um, Joe, I w- I was friends with Josie's roommates were in the ministry department with me and were in my small group, and they had told me, "Oh, we have a girl coming to look at our room because she might move in with us." And it instantly clicked in my head. I was like. It's my roommate, the crazy roommate. Yeah, I'm like, the crazy roommate I've been talking about, it's her. And so, yeah, they told Josie, and Josie was like, nope, not happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for people who don't know at APU, people like assume that your roommates are your friends like that's like the assumption like that's the culture is your no. roommates yeah. have to be your fr- you have to be like, friends with everybody at AP. you you're it's all really christian brothers annoying.
2: and sisters yeah
0: yeah and it's you're really, really um, turning no. together it's really uh, annoying
1: p- speaking of which this girl lied to get out of chapel
0: so mm, of course she did okay no, i did too yes. but i'm not gonna talk about that um yeah. <laughs>
1: So this the girl one <laughs> Yeah, this girl had her friend's mom like write a letter saying that she worked for them. This girl did not oh, have yeah. a job, like Oh no, no, I had a job. I
2: had a job. Oh yeah. Okay, but was <laughs> yeah. this girl was was she not the majority then on campus?
1: Uh, again, it could have been just who you hang out with, but mm-hmm. as far as me, like not the majority at all. Like
0: huh. the majority definitely I, wasn't like gung ho Trump. They might have been conservative, but they weren't like sure. red hat people. Oh, yes. okay, that's it, good to know.
1: And so, yeah, I think it was a lot of like the people that I knew that voted for Trump were very like Reluctant. grudging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and they a lot of the,
2: worse. Yeah. Well,
1: exactly a lot of them had used the excuse of like at that time they thought hillary was worse they were talking, they were talking about well, they were talking about like sub- yeah, they were talking about supreme court seats and so for them the people that i had talked to that had were willing to admit like i did vote for trump and this is why that's what they would say and then on the flip side like josie said a lot of my conservative friends that didn't vote for trump it was very much of like i don't like Hillary. like i don't like hillary like i don't like trump i don't like either but when i think about just like the world i want to live in it's not one where trump is running the country because of the racism the misogyny
0: the ableism all of that kind of stuff Sure.
2: well that's Um, really good to know though because yeah i wondered
0: yeah it was actually kind of interesting i was really offended at the whole trump thing because the first thing that the guy says is fuck the mexicans right and i'm like Everybody, <laughs>
2: Yeah. I'm, and then, I'm one of those Mexicans. And, and nobody really cared.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was very interesting. Needless to say, I um, sent a very strongly worded email to housing and I said, under no circumstances is this woman allowed to live with me. <laughs> and most people at APU think that you can't do that with housing, but let me tell you, they really listen when you threaten them a little bit.
2: All right, Wink. Uh, that's one, that's good, it's good advice. To, yes. If there's yeah. any students listening.
1: So it, it is kind of like, I don't know, like what you said, it's heartbreaking to me. I mean, it's not surprising, but it's heartbreaking to think about like when Obama became president, but at least somewhat hopeful of when the 2016 election happened that it it was kind of the reverse and there was some progress in that. Yeah.
2: That's a lot of progress Um, because 2008 was really bad. It was, it was really bad.
1: I wonder what 2020 was like, obviously, you know, a lot, they weren't, they weren't on campus or anything like that, but um, it's still just, yeah, honestly, (laughs) but still just kind of wonder like what the, what the tone is now being back on campus with COVID still kind of being a very political thing. And yeah, just wondering.
2: Yeah. If anybody was there 2020, Right into speaking in church because... Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, you, you can be on
2: two podcasts now. Um, yeah.
1: Speaking of COVID, can I ask, um, you know, just being a Japanese man and obviously um, hate crimes for Asian Americans mm-hmm. and because of COVID, like what has this experience been like for you and your family? Like have you felt the fear, like where you live? Like what is it like?
2: Yeah, it was pretty bizarre. I mean, my family came out of internment camps. <laughs> um so we have a we have a history of of oppression and racism but since then you know the whole model minority shit you know they they we are generally invisible we're kind of left alone which is a double edged sword you know we're we're invisible so no one really bothers asians uh but also we're not seen as you know anything to pay attention to so yeah when with the whole trump shouting kung flu and china virus and all the stuff the conservatives are doing Obviously, the Asian hate of the last two years, it, it got scary. And you know, I tell my kids, my kids are are mixed. They're mudbloods. Um, <laughs> my, my wife is white. <laughs> um, and they identify as Asian just because we live in a pretty diverse neighborhood. But, you know, they were, Let me back up. When I was growing up, being Asian or being half something was not cool. It was it was, it was hard. And now it's, it's cool. <laughs> and so my kids grew up, <laughs> grew up being, the being cool, you know, half Japanese and half white. Um, so if I had to tell them, yeah, when you go out, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Cause you know, one a, a bunch of our friends have been, Called names and chased down the streets and yelled at in in bars and coffee shops. One of my friends' husband got chased by an axe wielding crazy oh. man in in, uh, oh. in Alhambra, and so in Alhambra, yeah. Which I was like, "There's white people in Alhambra." There's <laughs> white
0: people in Alhambra. <laughs> I was like, did not like that.
2: Holy shit! You know, and you know, all those attacks on buses and trains um, that we were on YouTube. So yeah, we had a little family powwow. I was like, yeah, when you go out, just be mindful of who's around you and who's who's looking at you and who's mad-dogging you because um, the shit got real. Um, all, pretty much all my friends who live in the L.A. Area, and we're talking L.A. We're not even talking like red states, um, experienced some kind of verbal confrontation um, or someone yelling out of a car. Um, so... Yeah, it was really it's better, it's gotten better now. There's still things happening here and there, but um yeah, that was a bizarre time. Thanks for asking, though. It's it's uh yeah, it's not that many people were aware. (laughs) Um
1: yeah, I think it was something of just um I grew up in Roland Heights before I moved to Arizona, so like predominantly asian community Mm -hmm. um and at the time like when covid started like one of my mentors is a korean american and so she would talk about it a lot and at the time when covid started i was living in orange county which is basically the red red bubble of southern Mm -hmm. california it's kind of purple Um, now but yeah and so
2: so so unfortunately parts yeah
1: yes and unfortunately like in the community like where we were living like was he were hearing about things like that happening because we lived right by South coast plaza, which Mm -hmm. people don't know. It's a very popular mall for um, like Asian tourists. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah, like, unfortunately there was things happening like in that area and it was Mm -hmm. a scary time. And it was just one of those things where I was like, it was almost that perfect example of when people would be like, Oh, what Trump says, they're just words. Like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have an impact. Yeah, exactly. It's just a joke. Like it's not serious. And I'm like, no, this is serious. Like this is a prime example of his like words matter and not just from the president, but from any sort of political public figure. And I mean, even going into like churches have made, Covid very politicalized mm-hmm. too, and I'm Definitely. like, what your pastors are saying matter. Like,
2: it matters, yeah.
1: It matters so deeply, and sometimes to the extent of pastors might
0: even be more dangerous than politicians. Mm, yeah. yeah. Along those lines, where are you now with deconstruction, faith, lack of faith? I mean, yeah. you've had some time to reflect. You're writing a book. Where are you now? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's I'm pretty. Atheists, but I'm willing to say agnostic, because I'm not confident enough to say I know for sure anything mm. as you get older. So I guess if agnosticism is a spectrum, I'm on the atheist end of it.
1: No, I definitely think so. that being agnostic is a spectrum. Um,
2: yeah. But you know, I, I still have all, all my progressive Christian friends, and, uh, and it's never going to be a dividing line
0: yeah.
2: of, of my people. Just for me personally, and some of my friends, um, I crossed over because mm-hmm. I found my the community that I have and the family that I have um, to me is church, and to me is is everything that I need in life in this life, and uh, and it's a beautiful thing. I have amazing family and friends um, around me, and the the when I, I became a full. Sort of atheist Jedi. Do you guys Mm -hmm. follow Star Wars? Do you get that? Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: Jedi. That's (laughs)
2: okay. All right. Some people, you know, don't like Star Wars, but (laughs) um, my wife got cancer in 2015, uh, breast cancer, and they caught it early, but it was scary for a few weeks where we didn't know what kind it was, if we didn't know what the prognosis was, and you Mm -hmm. immediately start thinking the worst. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if you know, people always say there's no atheists at the bedside of a dying child, or there's no atheists in foxholes. And I'm going to call bullshit on that because (laughs) at my darkest moments, I did not really feel I needed to pray. Mm Yeah. I thought and I meditated and I hoped, but the support of my friends and family to me was everything. And um, so that was when, yeah, I faced Darth Vader. And um, and I am a Jedi now. <laughs>
0: You're a real atheist. <laughs> I'm a real
2: atheist. I, I'm waiting for my badge to come in the mail, but. Um. Ooh, cute.
0: And w- what about like
1: your wife and kids? I had um. So on your blog, you had mentioned about like how you weren't really believing anymore, but your daughter was in like the kids choir. I thought that was
2: hilarious.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so like, what about them? Like, are they? They,
2: are they hated also? church. They were okay. so glad that I, they didn't have to go anymore. Um,
0: Hell yeah! My
2: wife, my 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 daughter, she liked being in the choir. She liked singing, but um, it was not much really a religious thing for her. It was just a nice thing. Um, the thing that yeah, liberals make tend to make not great parents of little kids because they let their kids say and do anything, um, which is fine. But it's a rough. There's a rough patch in there when the kid says, "Well, I can say or do anything," <laughs> and so my kids would come home from Sunday school and be like those kids are mean and these these kids were like talking back to the teacher and one kid said he hated Martin Luther King and and (laughs) and it's just like you can imagine these parents are like oh well that's fine um as long as you believe that um so um my parents my my kids were like yeah thank you for not making us go to church anymore there
0: oh Oh god bless you yeah church was the worst growing up i hated it so much
1: yeah i skipped all that so
2: (laughs) lucky yeah you're see that's why you're smiling right now and uh josie and i are like frowning thinking back to like all this trauma listen i
0: yeah
1: i lived vicariously through we became christians when i was a teenager but my sister's eight years younger than me so she like grew up in sunday school and yeah she'll just like tell me things and i'm like I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry you had to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. I grew up in a Latin church. So if you were out of line, they would go get your mom and your mom would go take you to the bathroom and beat you. So it was not the
2: best. school was terrible for me growing
0: up. I mean, As I guess the that's Lord command li- yeah. like I think
1: that's a little better than just letting these kids say whatever they want.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a happy medium in there somewhere where without the beating, but with some boundaries. Exactly.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. With Although I, my kids are going to be able to say
2: whatever with- they want
0: well within reason yeah,
1: yeah honestly that's kind of where we're at right now so like she's a newborn so i don't like we still got a couple years but it's gonna come oh, sooner yeah. than we think of i work I, I work for a church like i'm on staff it's, yeah, yeah. it's liberal church and there's yeah, lots cool. of room for discussion but still like there's hard stuff in the bible that i'm like how am i supposed to
2: explain this to a child yeah yeah. is this your first kid your first yeah kid?
1: she's our first oh, and nice. um yeah uh all, like I said already, of just like certain things that I'm not excited for because of like faith, which is like mm. kind of uh, sad.
2: Yeah, and and on the flip side of that, there's things, there's there's things about growing up in church that my kids missed out on that I really liked. You know, I loved going to summer camp, church summer camp, and Ooh, and sure right. there was all kinds of fucked up indoctrination that I've spent my adult years. <laughs> It, <laughs> deprogramming from but it was fun <laughs> and no, just, yeah, i got just, to do stuff and on wednesday nights at church yeah. and I got to at the lead worship and be like a rock star and you know these are all things that my kids <laughs> have no well not experience or didn't yeah. that
1: that's exactly what you said that's the stuff that i like um i loved church camp as a teenager minus the like cry night trauma like if i can separate <laughs> myself trauma. from that i loved yeah. it um, and that's kind of why, like the church, my husband and I go to, and I work at, like we chose it for a reason. Um, you know, like the youth pastor is, um, she's like, she's older than me. Like her kid is in my class. So like she has fourth grader and she has a high schooler, but, um, it's kind of that cool road of like her and her husband have kind of done what I kind of hope to do. Like, how do you raise your kids in like a more of like progressive liberal theology? And how do you oh, yeah. take the trauma away from church? So like, you know, when she runs youth group, it's very much just like, listen, the kids go to Sunday school. They do confirmation when they come to youth group. Like we just want to hang out and like, if they want to tell me something deep, they can tell me something deep. Or if they just want to throw dodgeballs at each other, then that's what they're going to do. You know? <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like,
0: amen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but bless the universe for letting us all get out of APU alive. Am I right? <laughs>
2: yeah. and And one of the things that everyone on my podcast is saying, because I always ask at the end, you know, what do you think about it now? And and they all have said they don't regret going, and in fact, it made them who they mm. are, it mm. made them mm-hmm. stronger, either in their faith or in in their own identities. Mm-hmm. They, they said it's a terrible way to do it. It's like joining the military or something. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> but and they wouldn't necessarily suggest someone else go the same route. But they made lifelong friends. They formed these identities. They learned how to fight. For themselves and find their voices. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just is what it is. And in, I think, and back to your earlier point of why I stayed, I knew it was their house. You know, it's the evangelical house. I'm the one that doesn't fit. I'm the one that doesn't belong when it comes down to, I tried to carve out a space and I tried to be there for the students who felt the same way, but it's their house. That's that's how they run it. And, you know, we can disagree with it. We can hate it or or whatever, but it is what it is
0: yep mm-hmm. and i mean change is gonna come anyways whether they want it to or not so hopefully yeah yeah it's suck i uh honestly like
1: sounds stupid but i like pray all the time like when you're talking about like how apu like there's so many people there that I know personally that are on like faculty and staff. I would love for it to be an affirming campus, but they have Mm -hmm. to answer to like board. Um, I literally pray every day that they like that board just like, Kicks it. <laughs> they just yeah. like ah! kick, and they just like kind of take over. Like I know that sounds really bad, but it's just the
2: honest. A small truth. meteor hit the <laughs> building <at least laughs> the <room> this morning. <laughs> Hon-
1: honestly, because I just like my hope is that um, I hope it comes way sooner. But my hope would be that like by the time my kid is choosing colleges, that I wouldn't have to tell her you can't go to APU because it's not a safe place. Like, yeah, I would yeah. hope that in that time, that could be an actual option for her. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. Seattle Pacific, I'm hearing, oh, is way 100. ahead of uh, yes. APU in that regard.
0: I, uh, um, yeah, I had uh, but who wants to live in seattle me i'm <laughs> just kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah a girl a girl from my youth group that was a couple years older than me went to spu came out and she's living like her best life and i always wonder like damn should i have gone to seattle instead
2: <laughs> yeah well it's good beer and coffee up there you know it's uh
1: and seasonal depression
2: seasonal california
1: depression.
0: ride or die baby <gasps> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: i'm pretty arrogant about that still i don't care
2: well when you're when you're When you're BIPOC, there's only a few pockets (laughs) of the country that legitimately you could live in. Um,
0: I'm glad you understand that because people don't understand that. I tell people all the time, I can't live anywhere. I have to live in a predominantly Latin space because otherwise, I'm the odd man out. Then why do you hate on where I live so much? (laughs) Well, because Arizona is Arizona. (laughs) My wife's wife's
2: from Arizona. I was just there. Uh, Scottsdale. Like oh, the poor, ooh, the poor, she bougie. was the poor kid in scottsdale i was
1: gonna say i was like that's bougie yeah,
2: i know damn. it was bougie she she was the poor kid that was like breaking into her piggy bank to buy bread with her mom oh. um but they had
0: now a, a, she's yeah. the breadwinner and now ooh. she's a dentist <laughs> that's amazing she i might. like dentists
2: yeah. i was like,
1: like i dentist. just gave the dentist a lot of money yeah. so yeah, i don't, can assume you <laughs>
2: i don't life. like dentists typically but um she's a nice she's nice, she's
1: she's nice. <laughs> have, do your kids have perfect teeth
2: yeah uh, they're okay it's, it's kind of, <laughs> no, it, they teach you in dental school. It's, it's all genetic. You could uh, if, yeah. if you have the right genes. You don't. If you don't brush your teeth, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but most of us can be. You can floss every day and brush your teeth every day, and you're still kind of fucked. You're gonna get cavities. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel bald. I feel that so deeply because my, you know, everybody wants to, especially in the United States, everybody wants the aesthetic of like yeah. they mm-hmm. want the straight white yeah. teeth. Yeah, I have the straightest teeth out of my siblings and probably the yes. whitest. But I, I pay the most see. dental. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I pay the most dental bills because I get cavities all the freaking time, no matter yeah. what I do. My siblings, yeah. they're just chilling. And I'm like, screw y'all.
0: Yeah. I was born with a small jaw. Now I have adult braces <laughs> and they hurt. Uh, I can't eat uh, it right now. Uh, genetics. <sighs>
2: genetics. We love it.
0: But anyways, thanks so much for coming, Scott. We've loved having you.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks so much for having me. It's I you love were- talking to you guys. You guys are so great. You're
0: welcome back anytime. And it's yes. uh, next time APU yeah. makes the news, which is probably going to be soon. That's be realistic. Yeah, yeah.
2: we'll no, it's fine. When up. I was writing my book every week, some new thing would happen. They'd be like, fuck, stop doing stuff, APU. I'm trying to finish this book. I know. Yeah. Are you going to
1: do an episode about, it literally happened right when Josie and I started, um, about uh, the transgender professor and what all happened yes. with that?
2: Oh, um, nice. Unfortunately, he, he's a friend of mine. He signed an NDA and can't talk about it so oh, APU made figure. him sign
0: an damn NDA it.
2: yeah
0: damn it
2: <laughs> that's but we're, shady we're, we're putting together everything else around it and this, this goes for a few other professors I'm hoping to have on and I hope you guys come on Chapel Provation you can break down your oh paper. we will
0: yeah, yeah we will <laughs>
2: Thank you. I'm honored. I, was like,
1: <laughs> I actually, it sounds lame, but I want to talk about chapel. Or chapel.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Not that many people have so far. They've, they've broken down all the other things. Like chapel was sort of an afterthought. They either got out of it or they didn't. No, um, oh, so. I
1: want to talk about the... Uh- <laughs> I want to talk about like the just culture of chapel and how oh, certain yeah. chapels were cooler than others and how that's just inherently wrong. Like liturgical yeah.
0: chapel. Oh, yeah.
1: 100. But again, when I'm like liturgical chapel was the coolest chapel, there are other people that are like, what the fuck? I would never go to a liturgical chapel. Yeah, yeah.
2: Chapel. That's, that's, that's worshiping your ancestors. That's, that's, uh... <laughs>
0: those are the people that stayed after for Kaleo worship until like midnight. Those yeah. people are fucked in the head.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Everybody
1: that attended liturgical chapel is now either deconstructed or yeah. um is way too deep into it, you know? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, it goes
2: it goes both ways. Hey, I started a Facebook group for my for my um podcasts. Ooh. So you guys should join. There's there's already people talking mad shit about everything. Um I'm so, ready. Yeah. I would love it. Come come hang out there and see see the torment that is being relived. Uh hell week. yeah what else do you have to plug scott oh just the podcast and like i'll I'll be announcing the book in the next couple of weeks on my um i have a website rscottokamoto.com it has all the all the stuff so great twitter instagram facebook come find me come say hi
0: Perfect. Yeah. Follow along, friends. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of Scott around here. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, we're <Yes>. bonded now. <laughs> For real. Trauma bonding. Yeah. Now let's test Spencer if she remembers all the things. <laughs> yeah. You guys can find us on Instagram
1: at speaking in church. You can find Josie at Josie takes the world, and you can find me at Spence Rose. Um. Yeah. Send us an email. I'm on TikTok. I don't remember my handle. I'll give it to you next time. But I'm trying to be more active on there. So um, come find me on the deconstruction side of TikTok.
0: Yeah, we're trying, friends. It's a process, okay? Okay, it's a process.
1: (laughs) Actually, now that you say that, my handle on TikTok is
0: Speaking Spence. Oh, perfect. Look at branded and everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm not allowed to be on TikTok. I'm age, I've aged out. Uh
1: Did your I, kids tell you that they're lying?
2: Yeah, no. They they told me to go on it, but I'm like I don't no, um, I don't think I can.
0: Highly recommend
2: it. Well, yeah. Okay. Um okay. if
1: you enjoy um talking about i i consider him the king of deconstruction abraham
0: piper oh yeah John i follow piper him son. on twitter yeah. yeah uh his tiktok is fire so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh, we'll teach us Scott. don't worry all right, yes we me. got you.
2: <laughs> teach me Old all dog, right friends
0: New oh my dog's around here somewhere oh she's crazy all right friends well as always stay woke or get woke jesus loves you bye